0: All right, uh, welcome to this week's uh, Denver Insight podcast. I'm Dave Johnson, managing partner at Johnson Marquez Legal Group, and with me today is Heather Coleman. Hi, everyone. And she is an associate with our office. Today's uh, topic is Damned If You Do and Damned If You Don't um, Religion and Family Law Cases. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this before we turned on the camera. And uh, generally it's becoming less and less of an issue I think society is uh, changing in ways that maybe people are more accepting of other people's religious views but um, we do have cases where religion becomes a contentious issue right
1: yeah um, it it comes up I'd say mostly in two scenarios Um, people that have certain religious beliefs um, and they're not able to get a divorce or when it comes to raising your child, how religion's gonna play into that.
0: Right, I mean, there are some religions that just say that you can't get divorced and that it's, uh, I don't know, some classification of a sin that, that, uh, you know, if you go out and you do that, then you're in big trouble. Um, but there are there are alternatives in the law for separating out property and things like that, right? Even, mm-hmm. even if your religion says you can't get divorced.
1: Yeah, so um, if you are unable to get uh, you know, officially divorced for religious reasons, um, you do have the option of getting a legal separation instead, which, um, you know, essentially you're going to go through the same process as a divorce, but the end result is that you're not divorced, you're legally separated.
0: Right. And I actually have a, a friend whose father did that. Um, he, his family was very religious and uh, he's a big time lawyer in California and he, his lawyer prohibited him from uh, getting a divorce and so he got a legal separation and it lasted Oh, I think, you know, by this point, it's probably 30 or 40 years that they've been, uh, he and um, his wife have been legally separated. Um, and that's actually one of the more common reasons for getting a legal separation versus a divorce, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's not, there's not many reasons that people would want a legal separation over a divorce. Um, I mean, the primary re- re- reason is religious reasons. Um Also, sometimes people might want a legal separation in order to stay on their spouse's health insurance. I'd say those are the two most common scenarios. I think there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding legal separation. A lot of people see it as, you know, well, can't we just get legally separated? Like, I'm not sure if I want a divorce. Um, That's not really a good reason to get a legal separation. I'd say it's more so if you want or need to stay married.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think of it as as a, a legal separation as a half step toward getting a divorce. I mean, it's kind of like, well, I'm not quite ready for divorce yet, so we'll do the legal separation and then maybe we'll see. Um, That's really not how it works. I mean, the most common uses of of legal separation are religion and um, usually some sort of financial reason, whether it's health insurance or debt or something like that, that we need to separate the estate. Um, But religion can come into a divorce or a family law case in other ways, too, for example, like in parenting time disputes, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and a lot of times when, when people have kids together and maybe they do have differing religious beliefs, they don't realize that that might cause conflict down the road. Um, for example, maybe somebody wants to baptize the kid and the other parent doesn't want to, you know, what are you guys going to do then?
0: Yeah. I've, I've actually, uh, seen this case where, um, one of the parents is just hell bent—no pun intended—on getting uh, a baptism done, and the other parent just does not want it to ha- happen. Um, and they actually have to go; to, they had to go to court, and the judge had to decide. Um, religion is one of the things that uh, the court looks at when it comes to decision making, right? I mean, it, it is an area that the court can award ju- or award joint or sole decision making.
1: Yeah. So religion is like any other major decision, uh, medical education extracurriculars things like that religious religion is also going to have to be decided um and you know it's either going to be sole decision making for religious activities um, or joint. and i'd say most typically the court is going to award joint decision making for religion um, but there are instances in which they'll award sole decision making
0: i mean it's not really the same as like extracurricular activities right yeah You, you go to moms and you play soccer and you go to dads and you go skiing Right. I mean, you can't really go to mom's and be Jewish and go to dad's and be, you know, a Baptist.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely, a, you know, a much more important decision. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the court's going to allocate it.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and what happens in the instance where there, there's going to be a disagreement like any other parenting time or a, a parenting issue? How would a court resolve a, a conflict of interest or a conflict when it comes to religion?
1: Um I mean they're going to use the same criteria the same standards that they would for any sort of decision making disputes or um decision making allocation which is going to be the child's best interests. Um you know if you guys are able to agree on religious decisions together and um you know you're not going to necessarily oppose your child being raised, you know, Baptist and maybe you're non non denominational um you know, and the court finds that's in the best interest of the child, so they're going to award joint decision-making. Um, but, you know, if if that's not possible, it's, then it's possible that one parent may have sole decision-making for religion.
0: And this is different than, you know, we were talking before, right before we went on camera about uh, a constitutional right to, you know, religious freedom. That may may apply to the parents, but in this situation where the court has to decide how to bring up the child, it really isn't the parents' rights that are being impacted when it comes to freedom of religion. It's the child's rights, right?
1: Right. So the court certainly doesn't have any jurisdiction to say, um, "No, sorry, you can't practice the Jewish Jewish faith anymore." Um, uh, you know that would be absurd. It's your constitutional right to practice whatever religion you want. But in terms of how your child is going to be raised. Um, once you have given the court jurisdiction to make these decisions over your child, religion is going to be a part of it.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, there, uh, I, this just kind of dawned on me sitting here uh, thinking about it that uh, sometimes religions can provide support through the divorce, right? Mm-hmm. They can provide family support. Uh, they can also, um, I've, I've had cases where. Um, like the leaders of the church or the leaders of the synagogue become involved to help kind of keep the family, you know, calm and, and find a peaceful way of resolving their disputes. I, I've definitely seen that happen. And so, uh, you know, it, it's almost like having an extra mediator available.
1: Um, yeah, and I, I've seen that too. I've seen, um, you know, a lot of times when people are, you know, pretty involved in their religious community or with their church, um, they will have members of the church or, you um, priest, someone, someone in that level of power, kind of helping them through the divorce, um, and maybe somebody at the church also helping you know, your children through the divorce, um, yeah, that's definitely not uncommon.
0: Then, um, occasionally we have people come in and they uh, confuse the ideas uh, maybe from their religion with the law, right? I mean, I've had people come in who say, well, you know, this is a contract, we made a contract and this was before God and, and you know, and it, she can't break it, they can't get out of this contract, how can they get divorced, how can the court grant it? Um, you know, that may be the case in the, in the realm of religion, but when it comes to dividing up personal property and allocating debts and deciding things for the best interest of the children, the law is going to take precedent there and, and it's going to control how that case comes out, right?
1: Right. So, yeah, even even if, you know, your particular church does have certain, um, you know, standards or ideals um, surrounding marriage. um, And while, you know, both of you will probably continue to hold those ideals, um, the courts will still continue with your divorce as they would with any other divorce. Right. Yeah.
0: They're not going to apply some kind of church law. No. (laughs) Um, That just doesn't happen yeah <laughs> uh, any other thoughts or comments about religion in a divorced family law case
1: um you know I, I would i guess my my advice would be that if you are um religious and you're not able to get a divorce um under your religion a legal separation is you know probably the way to go you're going to go through the same process your property is going to be divided um custody of your children will be decided but you'll walk away legally separated and not divorced right. and that gives a lot of people who are religious um, a lot of peace of mind
0: yeah and yet you still have the, now the freedom to go and and uh, live separately and and you don't have to worry about mingling commingling assets or you know, the person incurring debts right right all right uh, that's it for today thank you thanks everyone Thank you for listening to this week's Divorce Insight Podcast. To get a copy of our free ebook, An Introduction to Divorce, click on the link below in the show's notes. Please contact our office for a free consultation. We're available to help you with any issue related to family law and divorce. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you stop by again soon. As a final note, please be advised that the information in this podcast is for general informational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast may be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. Please retain a lawyer for legal advice. This information is not intended to create and receipt of or listening to this podcast does not constitute an attorney-client relationship.